Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my lovely red women out there. It is Elaine Kalila here, and I am so, so delighted to be with you for another episode of the Red Podcast. And today, yes, today, I have a very special guest that I'm sharing with you. She is such an ally in the Priestess Sisterhood community. I'm so delighted. Julie Parker, hello, hello. Hello, Elaine Kalila. It's so beautiful to be here with you. Thank you for having me on mm. Red. You're mm. welcome. Delicious. You're welcome. So I've known Julie, I don't even know how many years now I've known you for, darling. <laughs> I can't even remember. But Julie, a, a while. It's a while, right? And Julie and yeah. I met a few years ago when she came into our Priestess Presence training, which is called Enter the Mystery. And she was in our year-long training and was, we had an amazing time deepening into what it means to be a priestess and the arts of being a divine, feminine, embodied being on this planet. And one of the reasons, well, there's many reasons I wanted to invite Julie. Years ago, Julie started a, an amazing podcast called Priestess, the Priestess Podcast. And I think you just told me you've got up to 250 episodes on that now, right? <laughs> you said they're about. Yes, we Oh my gosh, yes. She's well and truly entrenched in the world. And of course, you were one of our, my very first guests. Well, I know, and that's what which I, was I was so honored. I know, isn't that amazing? So I was one of her very first guests. And guess what? Julie is one of my very first guests because we're in our first season <laughs> of the Red Podcast. So there's some beautiful symmetry, synchronicity happening there for us to do that together. So, so Julie's been putting out the word priestess, which is, as you know, something that I've done a lot of too in the last eight to 10 years here, really having this word priestess be understood, be part of the commonplace vernacular, have it so that we can and really interface with what the heck does it mean to be a priestess. So that's one reason I wanted Julie to come on today. Julie's also just in the last couple of years under the dearth of COVID released a book called Priestess. And um, I just really want to acknowledge and honor you, darling, for the work that you've been doing in this arena to bring it to the public, to be a bridge between the worlds of the secular and the spiritual and really have modern day women understand what it means to walk a sacred path. So bow to you for the work you've been doing beautiful thank you thank you so much (laughs) it's a joy it really is a joy and such an intrinsic part of my life and incarnation here this time around I truly believe that 
Yeah, I really see that too. And, you know, one of the things that always inspires me so much is when I see sisters all over the world and Julie's in Australia and I'm in America and, you know, there's those of you who are listening who are in lots and lots of other places on the planet. But when we see and we feel the sisters rising up together who are all holding the same medicine from different perspectives and different fractals on the spectrum and I just really um, value knowing that you're there, feeling you doing that work in Australia and holding that pillar of light and being such a, a beautiful example of what it means to be in what I would call sacred business, really leading from the heart, really serving from the heart as as a businesswoman, as an entrepreneur and, and as a priestess. And that marriage being so interesting, such a nexus point. So it's there that I'd like to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm kind of fascinated by this whole idea that we as priestesses or healers or medicine women, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever you are as, as, a, as, a, as a woman who's standing in sacred leadership in the world, that we're really being called to bridge the worlds. And I know that you have done a lot of work in this arena, and I'm super curious to hear about this, um, this term sacred leadership leadership or sacred business and what we really mean when we start talking about sacred leadership as women and how that's different to the other models of leadership that we have been um, given over over the years. So yeah, we can start there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this is a a big, beautiful, divine, juicy topic. And it has become, particularly Mm -hmm. in recent times, one of my most favorite things to talk about. Yeah. And I think that The reason for that, at least in part, is because, at least from my perspective, the the dominant form of leadership that we are being uh, told and sold around the world right now is simply not serving us. Mm. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's not been serving us for a very long time. And in fact, we can go back as far as we want to, you know, the onset of patriarchy, which Mm -hmm. really has only been around for the last 4,000 years, which sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of our being here is not that long. That leadership since that time has really not been serving us as individuals and as a collective in so many different ways. Mm. But we're living in a time now where we are so much more awake and aware and connecting to our divinity, our soul purpose in so many different ways, whether we identify as a priestess or not, uh, that we can't help but see not everything is okay, not everything is right here. And we know this on a, a day-to-day perspective where we are dealing with so many different things, everything, of course, in different lived experiences for different people from racism to domestic violence to war to pandemics uh, to still this dominant male-white um, paradigm of leadership in politics around the world. There are exceptions, but they're very few. And the trickle-down impact effect of that is that we're not able to fully be our expressed divine selves in the way that we might like to be that also then serves our sisterhood, our families, our communities, our collective, the great mother, 
Mm. and so much more. And so to me, when I think about sacred leadership, it is so much more than that that's being presented to us, this very often dominant, um, assertive, bordering on aggressive, uh, not caring for the planet type of leading, if you want to call it that, whereas sacred leadership is so much more rich and deep and gentle and inclusive and a way of being that, first of all, has us look at ourselves mm-hmm. and go within, and we can t- talk about that more if you like, to then see how am I showing up in the world, first of all, as me and the leader that I need to be for me before I can e- even start to think about how my leadership may begin to impact others as well. Mm. I love it. You know, one of the things that strikes me, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit, is I think for us as women and those of us who are, you know, here together listening into Red, right, we, we're identifying, we're being called together as those who are mm. kind of leading from the edge of a new world being born through us, that we are ones who are pioneering new ways of doing things that are honoring to the feminine, that are honoring to the healing, to the transformation that we want to see. And one of the things I, I think I often get to hear, and I wonder if you do too from women, is is that there is a confusion about this word leadership, because I think a lot of women don't see themselves as leaders. And so I wonder if we can just talk about, even before we even get into the other piece about what sacred leadership is, maybe unpacking a little bit what we mean by leading. What does it mean to lead in a way that's different to that that we've seen? Um, Because I'm kind of fascinated by that topic too. Yeah, well, I, you know, you could yeah. ask 50 different people this question right. and they're going to give you a very different answer. And yeah. whenever I think about leadership now, to me, I cannot help but think about it in the context of the priestess. To me, yeah. they are inextricably intertwined. Yeah. And the the first thing that I think about from a leadership perspective, when we think about a priestess or we think about sacred leadership that makes it different and to me, therefore, so much more powerful and lasting in so many different ways is that it first and primarily calls us to look at ourselves and all of the things within where we may be doing things like playing small, mm-hmm. not speaking up, having leaky boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, deferring our power to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, not looking at things like our jealousy or our bitterness Mm. or our anger in a positive way. We know that rage and anger can be an extraordinarily positive thing when channeled for good, but often it can be channeled into excessive feelings of frustration Mm -hmm. or even anxiety and depression. And so to me, sacred leadership and just leadership because I just can't think of it. See, I see <laughs> what other people see as leadership now, Elaine Kalila, and I'm like, mm, but that's not leadership. That's yeah. that's not really that. That's force. Oof. That's control. That's <sighs> that's dominance. That is just somebody you know channeling and three D patriarchy. That's you know, right. in a and white supremacy and capitalism and so many other things. That is just an expression of the oppressive systems Ooh. that are at play in the world right yeah. now. That is not leadership. 
right? Leadership is something that for me, I now understand begins from within and looking at all of those things. Because if we don't have the courage Mm -hmm. and give ourselves the time and commitment to look at those things, then how we can lead and impact the world will only go so far. Mm. And then what will happen, and I know that the sisters listening to this, <laughs> many of you might recognise yourselves here, you will reach a point where you, where your comparison to others will stop you from moving forward. Your jealousy of her will cease you putting out your gifts into the world. Your rage or frustration will stop you mm. from saying what it is that you want to say or saying it in such a destructive way that you lose your centre and, again, you stop. So you can only go so far before you have to look at yourself. And I'm sure that there will be many leaders that might, pictures and faces of leaders uh, that will flash into people's eyes where you go, well, yes, I can see how, you know, the way that they exercise dominance and control and um, hierarchy and authoritarianism shows that they're not looking at themselves because if they were, they would have a deeper understanding of how they and what they're doing impacts others and we're just not seeing that on a on a large scale. Total, oh, there's a lot there, isn't there? Total chills. <laughs> total chills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like my whole body's vibrating at this conversation and, and you know, there's so many pieces that you've just said, Julie, that are, are so resonant for me, you know, and this piece that I just keep hearing, you know, when you're talking about true, what we might call true leadership, and I'm using the word true leadership to be, to de- designate something that's resonant, coherent, and connected to the heart, mm. right? So mm. we're really leading from that truthful place. When we're standing in our center, and you said this, the center, right? And this is so connected to me. Obviously, both of us as priestesses, we can't help but see it through the lens of that, right? Because that's kind of how we see the world. And, you know, years ago, I received this um, uttering from mother that came through. And she said to me, you must lead from the center of the hive. You must lead from the center, and I, at the time, was like, well, what the heck does that mean, right? I, I was like, I don't really know what that means, to lead from the centre. And I've been in a deep exploration myself for the last few years of, of, of contemplating that and bringing it into practice and bringing it into the communities that I serve and encouraging everyone else to be in the contemplation of what does it mean. And what I've discovered that it means is so connected to what you've just said, which is when we're leading from the center, we're understanding that everything about ourselves when we're in leadership is up for transformation. Every shadow, every part of our behavior is here to be transmuted, to be loved more into wholeness. And that everything that we do and say and be in the world has an impact. And everything that we impact, we have to take responsibility for seeing how our impact may be different and divergent from our intention. And we've done a lot of work around that in the last few years here in terms of understanding intention. Well, I intended this, but the impact was that, right? And it's like, and, and as, as I'm sitting here, I'm feeling like all the leaders, right, of the world that come into my mind. And of course, we're sitting in a very, you know, tenuous situation as we record this, where we're, you know, the Ukraine is 
you know, being bombarded by the autocratic, misogynistic, vile leadership of a man who's, I think, quite frankly, lost his mind. But, you know, that form of leadership where we're leading our nations to war, you know, and, and mm. dominance. And we, I mean, there's just so many examples. That's one very glaring one at this time, right? But so many examples of how we have suffered at the hands of this kind of autocratic patriarchal leadership. And I think part of it is why a lot of women want to avoid their being in leadership because they don't have a model of how to do it in a that's different right. way, right? So I know that's something you that teach right. They don't see themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. We don't see ourselves because we're like, well, I, don't, I have no interest in being that kind of leader, right? I don't want to be in leadership then. But what I know to be true is that we need women to step into leadership. We need women to step into leadership. So I'm wondering, we might give some hooks and eyes as to how can we as women step into a sacred kind of leadership that looks different? Like what, what do you think, like the top three things that you would say about that? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, this is, and you are so right. We need women to step into leadership in, in so many different ways in, in all facets of, of life. Yeah. And I think, you know, first of all, the, the first thing that comes to me is, is to recognise that there is a, a divine and sacred leader within every person for whom they wish for that to be. You do not have to be anything in particular. You do not have to do anything in particular. If you desire for it to come forth from you, I think the first step is to simply own that. Mm. It's like, uh, this is what I desire to move into. This mm. is what I wish to explore for myself. Mm. There is no hierarchy here. There is no end point. Sacred leadership is a path that we walk for life. It is a commitment to oneself and others for life. And it is always unfolding. There is no destination to arrive at. But for us to step into it, we have to believe that this is possible for me, that I am enough as I am, mm -hmm. that I am worthy as I am, that I do not need to be a corporate executive of a big business, that I do not need to earn seven figures a year, that I do not have to build a hospital, that I do not have to, <laughs> you know, all of these types of things is that leadership of one's own life begins with claiming of oneself. It begins with claiming of one's heart mm. and soul and saying, I am enough as I am mm. and I desire for my life to have positive impact on others. So if we begin there as number one, I think is the, is the first thing. And then, you know, I circle back to what I was saying before, Elaine Kalila, which really if I can come back to a teaching moment of yours mm with me. Mm. There are so many things that we journeyed with together all of those years ago and that you taught me. And the one that stands out the most significantly to me and that I think is most connected to sacred leadership and the path of the priestess is the, the power of working on becoming an empty vessel. Ah, yeah. This to me is a very important part of sacred leadership because 
all of those things I was talking about before, working on those things helps you to become an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. And when you are an empty vessel and you are working on being devoid of all of those egoic voices Mm -hmm. that come to you that say, you're not as good as she is, you can't do that, you could never be that, all of those sorts of things, which again, of course, is connected to the point I was just saying before, um, the hook and eye as you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. is you will then be at greater peace Mm -hmm. and calm and focus and centre with yourself, which means that you can be in greater service to others and the great mother and the world. Mm. And the more you can do that, the more that your beautiful special blend of leadership will come forth. Mm-hmm. The third thing, you asked me for three. Mm-hmm. The third one that's coming to me is that this is meant to be your leadership is meant to be and look exactly the way that it's meant to look for you. Mm. You can be inspired by Elaine Kalila, by other leaders, other priestesses, other, you know, amazing women leaders that you see, but that's not necessarily meant to be your path. And in fact, it won't be. Mm. And so, you will reach a certain point where you have to forge your own way And to know that if you've never seen it before, that's okay. If it's never been done before, that's okay. Or at least it hasn't been done by you. And so if you want to step into this, you have to understand that at some point in time, my love, you'll need to go off road. There will not be a direct map or a direct path forward for you. This is where you will need to surrender. You will go into the darkness. You, you know, and who knows who you may meet there. Anybody from Kalima <laughs> to Hecate to, you know, the Morrigan, it could be any one of those dark, glorious goddesses or anybody else in the rich, deep, dark underbelly of the earth. For your sacred leadership to be filled with light and bloom, I just want to let you know that'll oh, happen. Okay. Like at some point in time, <laughs> that's going to come because yes. your leadership doesn't look like anybody else's. And so a divine, rich, but expansive dark night of the soul and more may be required. Don't stop there. Ugh. No, if that begins to happen, you are on the right path. Keep going. We need you on the other side. Wow. Wow, so beautiful. So the quintessence of what I just received from you, sister, is so rich, you know, and I'm just going to say it, you know, so come into connection with your own divine within, for he, she, they is the leader. (laughs) That's the true leader. And the way that we do that is by emptying out to actually listen to that higher knowing, deeper knowing, gnosis, soul self, anamkara, whatever the heck you want to call that presence, that ephemeral, eternal presence that always is within us and that we have been taught not to trust, not to listen to, not to regard because of the world that we've lived in and because of the dominance of patriarchy. We've been told that we can't access that without going to church or going to a priest. And as priestesses, what we say is that is cockamamie and that's not true. What's true is it lives within you. And then the third thing I heard you say, which is still resonating with me and just making me giggle is you're going to need an off-road vehicle. (laughs) 
You're going to need a Jeep. (laughs) You're going to need some serious four-wheel drive. And that really speaks to me around, you know, in, in the priestess presence temple in my other work in the world, you know, I have a couple of different well, lots of different archetypal systems that I work with, but one is the five faces of feminine leadership. And there's one that's called the edge walker. And I always think about the edge walker is comfortable off-roading. She's comfortable saying, I've got to go to somewhere that no one else has been before because as women, we have a missing history. We have a missing, we have, we have a lot of missing links and role models as to what it looks like for us to be in, fem, in, in leadership that's aligned with the feminine. And so I want each one of us to think about that because when you're speaking, Julie, what I'm hearing is, is that part of our work is doing the pioneering to be willing to go to those places, the underworld, to go to retrieve the memories, to actually complete and, you know, complete ourselves, but bring back to the world new ways of doing things. And I think that is part of sacred leadership, right? For me, is that my own transformational journey is at the heart of the work that I'm doing in the world. There's not a separation there, you know. <laughs> not. Yes, they, they're, they're deeply interconnected. And right. this is one of the primary things that makes walking a path of sacred leadership mm. uh, so different mm-hmm. uh, and unique to the other forms of leadership, traditional mm-hmm. leadership, if you want to call it that, that we see because That is sold and told to us as, oh, it's all about what you motivate in other people. It's all about, you know, what you get others to do. It's all about how you lead. It's all about the decisions you make, how out front you are, all of those sorts of things. Whereas actually what we're saying that sacred leadership is and begins with is that transformation Mm -hmm. from within, is that heart-centred place that nobody else can see and feel but you. And that when you work on those things, it it emanates from there. And look, we see glorious touches of this every now and again. You know, just (laughs) recently you were speaking about the situation in Ukraine before where the Ukrainian uh, president, I'm not certain how it's actually come about, but he was sharing about how there's apparently no official photograph of him because he didn't want his photograph to be hung in people's homes or uh-huh. shit. Is that I-, I want you to put up photographs of your kids and live your life <sighs> and, and your families and, and live your life for them and live your life for you with them. Wow. That's sacred leadership, right? That's I don't need you. Yeah. to adulterate me. I don't need you to, to honour me in that way. We see it with Jacinda Ardern, mm. you know, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and her response after the, the mosque attacks a number mm. of years ago mm. and just sneakers on, jeans on, in. Um, and her response to that uh, vile, you know, racist attack and those murders was, you know, she was she was crying. You know, she was there, makeup free, in the trenches, and it's like, you know, okay, that's where it, it's not. I'm going to stand behind a podium with a suit on, and you know, and we have seen other examples of this, but that's yeah. another one. But it's also about what happens behind closed doors as well. Yeah, and you know, we have seen instances with leaders around the world when they've been recorded or things have leaked or things have happened behind closed doors and then, ah, uh, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, here get we go. Really see it, yeah. That's right. Now we get to really see 
the lack of mm-hmm. sacredness and yeah. the the lack of what's happening there. And then, of course, it's up to us to understand yeah. that we have to forge a new way. Yeah. You know, there's something you just said, Julie, about, uh, you know, the, the, the Prime Minister of New Zealand and this, which really stands out to me because I, th- I hear myself saying this a lot and I think it's it's easier to say than it is to, to actually deepen into in an embodied way, which is that the vulnerability mm. is actually one of the key strengths of a sacred leadership. And we have been bow beaten and physically beaten and, and, and castigated and demeaned in, for those of us who are in women's bodies or female identified bodies, right? That to be feminine, to be vulnerable is to be weak, is to be untrustworthy is to be something that is to be, um, you know, no, no, judged or shamed, right? It should be contained. Yeah. And I think that there's a, so much that I've learned over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years about what vulnerability means in terms of leadership and my willingness, and I know this is true for you, for me as someone who is in a position of leadership within priestess presence, within my own life, to be willing to show the vulnerability, which is really the connective tissue between us. It's our humanity, right? And so I'd love to hear what you feel about that. And and maybe also a moment where you've been called to that vulnerability, because I know we all have, you know, and I I can feel them all living within me where I've really had to stand in that place. And I'm curious if you've got something you could share about that as a touch point for us and how it's affected you. Yes, well, Hmm. I could not agree with you more (laughs) and it is no wonder that so many of us struggle with the surrender to vulnerability because of all of the things that you've just mentioned, you know, man up, don't, you know, don't cry, don't let them see you weak, you know, all of those sorts of things. And I often used to think that there was, you know, something wrong like quite literally wrong with me when, you know, whether in circle or at a gathering or event or even sometimes with a a client or in a a training course or group I might have been running in my business where I would feel emotion, you know, well within me and just the the sadness or the joy or whatever. Mm. Now I've reached a point, I turned 50 this year and I'm just like, I'm done with that. It's like you're going to see me as I am and if that means that somehow or another I am no longer for you and you either or or you think that I am weak or I can't hold Mm. you or others in this, that's okay. I know that to be different and that's all that I need to know. Mm. But I completely agree with you about this, that this is vulnerability and expression of our heart and emotion And our sadness and joy and grief and rage at times is something we need to reclaim. Mm. For me, I've had an an enormous fire walk with this over the last few years. The the brief story is that uh, my book was actually going to be, I won a major writing competition and it was going to be published by the world's largest spiritual um, and personal development company in the world Mm. and I was going to find myself in a situation which my ego 
absolutely mm. adored and loved mm. of being on stages and speaking globally with some of the world's biggest spiritual and self-development teachers. And I thought that all my dreams had come true as wow. a result of that. Wow. And what happened with that journey is that as I became more and more vulnerable mm. to and awake and aware to my own white privilege mm. as a cisgendered, able-bodied, white, heterosexual woman in the world, I realised that my book was going to be published with a company that was not uplifting oh the voices gosh. of black, brown, indigenous and people of colour enough and that I potentially was going to find myself on stages with all other white folks. And even talking about it now wow. raises a heat within me and a level of emotion mm. that really sent me catapulting into um, a reckoning mm. with myself around mm. this. And there was much murky water to traverse before eventually I said, I'm sorry, but I can't move forward with oh, this. gosh. And I had people call me crazy, stupid, you're an idiot, I can't believe that you gave this up. And then others, of course, who were divinely supportive. It was an incredibly vulnerable, difficult firewalk at that time and I shed many, many tears. But now, a number of years later, having published with a very small independent publisher and not having and and my ego not being fed yeah. all those things it was going to be fed having to give all of that up i know in my deepest heart of hearts it was beyond the right decision and that she in and of herself as a book where i talk about many of these aspects of sacred leadership and white privilege and how we must do better by our black indigenous and uh, sisters of color in so many different ways that it was exactly what was meant to happen. But if I had not been vulnerable enough to say, hmm. this is not good enough, Julie, you are not doing good enough, you can't speak about these things and then progress here, no matter what this may bring you financially um, reputationally, um, all of those sorts of things, you, you have to let this go. You you must be vulnerable and say you, you've got to let it go. You can't do this. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was enormous. But at the same time, it was also, as I've come to realise now, nothing other than what needed to be done. Wow. I'm just really honouring you, darling. I mean, talk about sacred leadership in action. I mean, that is what we're talking about. And the hard path, the path that requires you to look inside and to really say, am I in integrity with who I mm -hmm. actually am? And um, gosh, it makes me what I just ugh, can just feel what you had to go through there, darling. Like talk about a visitation with the underworld you know, and your ego's desires and, and not making your ego wrong for wanting all of that. No, right? it's not, not at wrong all to want it. But at the same no, time, how could it be? Right? <laughs> but it wasn't aligned with the truth of what you really stand for. If you're really no, standing for this, then it couldn't be, you know, and I... I, I know, and I know you know this, there have been plenty of times in the last 
you know, two to three years that I've been literally raked over mother's coals in this same conversation and made mistakes and have to stand up and say, you know what, yes, I take responsibility for this. And, and, and it's just, I mean, it, it, you know, and this is the place where I think, you know, we really do have to support one another and understand just how courageous it is to step out in leadership in this way number one and number two be in sisterhood with each other around um helping each other to come back into alignment to see what's real and to and, and to understand that every one of us when you step into a path of sacred leadership you are going to get caught here you are going to have to deal with your shadow you are going to get called out you are going to have to be responsible mm. for the impact and you are going to make quote unquote mistakes and you're going to have to take responsibility for them because that's that kind of leadership exactly you can't not no if you're going to walk this path oh. you can't not that is exactly what is going to happen and you will also <laughs> recognize as i did you know in this yeah. is that uh, it, it is my decision to to do that. Uh, you know, lots of other people called me all sorts of different things. You know, like so, so brave, courageous, all those sorts of things. But you know that 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 beyond my egoic voice, that soul voice, just yeah. kept reminding me and and saying to me over and over again, "This is nothing in comparison to how so many of your black indigenous." Um, sisters of colour, the, the the travesties that they have been experiencing. And, yes, at the hands of your ancestors, of white sisterhood, of white toxic feminism and so many other things over the years, this is nothing other than what should be done. Work. And so be careful, Julie, about getting too up in your feels about it and flipping to this other side of mm -hmm. thinking that you are now somebody magnificent. You are not <laughs> having let this go. You are not. You are, in fact, doing nothing other than what you have been told actual allyship is, not optical allyship, but actual allyship, which you don't get to determine as a white woman what that is. Only other people who are having lived experiences of that, of needing that every day, what that means. It's nothing other than that. And eventually that was the thing. It's like oh, this fire started. With it. So make the damn decision, let it go and get on with your life. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying and I also hear within it the depth of initiation that that was for wow. you and that oh, yes. really is the mark of sacred leadership to me too is is that we will be initiated on our path as to whether or not we're going to hold integrity or not and it sometimes it's not always clear sometimes it's really hard to discern what is a impeccability and integrity integrity in the given situation and I'm you know so when we, when, thank you for telling us this story because I feel like that's why we're really having this conversation was for you to tell that story and to share mm. it because you're right. It's only what was needed to be done. And like you mm. said, the, 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 the measure of that is your willingness to actually recognize that that doesn't make you a hero. It makes you human. No. Just makes that's you wrong. human. Mm. It's a yeah, human it's decision. Human walking a messy path, trying to constantly explore, as you say, Elaine Kalila, what, what is integrity? What is in integrity? 
what is the follow-through of your voice and message. (sighs) And so much of that, of course, is the divine leadership of the priestess. Yeah. To to do as you say that you will do, to yeah. follow through, to love, to serve, you know, to honour mm. yourself mm. and mm. others. And they can just sound like words and they can be just words unless we follow through and actually live and be them. And that's what sacred leadership right. is. Right. It is a form of being. Yeah. It's not just a form of doing. It is a form of being. Oh, beautiful. A form of being. Woof. And I and I keep hearing the words inside of there that, you know, it does take courage. It takes courage to walk the path of sacred leadership, to walk the path of the priestess if you're really embodying it and really following through. Um, it's a it's a never-ending journey. <laughs> It's what I would say, right? It's not like you ever get to the end of scraping the barrel to find your own shadow and prejudice and bias and, uh, you know, racist ideas and thoughts and supremacy and, you know, just to name a few yep. <laughs> of the things that are down there, shame. <laughs> few you of know, the things in the cauldron. Right. And really, so I'd love to end today's podcast because it's been so freaking rich. I ask three questions to everybody that comes onto my podcast. Um, So I'm going to ask you these questions. What do you avoid but secretly yearn to express more fully? Uh, My my love for football. Oh, my God. The 40 season started here (gasps) yesterday, Elaine Kalila, and I'm just like, oh, Oh. and I'm all, every single time that the season begins and I sit on the couch with my husband, I have potato chips in front of me and a beer, and I've got my tracksuit pants on and my feet up in front of the TV, I think, wow, is this what a modern priestess sacred leader really looks like (laughs) when they're having downtime? And I'm like, yep. It is. And I oh think I gosh. need to talk about that more. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> totally. I love it. I love it. It's the thing that came oh to me. It's, no, it's so real, though. It's so real. It's awesome. <laughs> this is why I asked that question. Oh, my God. The bicycle. <laughs> You've got me really giggling now. I've got such a great image in my head. It's so good. It's really a good one. Okay. What is the most revealing thing about you that you hide? My desire for Mm. others to like me. Oh, thank you for that. Mm. So I understand what you're saying, that part of us that wants to be loved and liked and adored yep. and, yeah. Yep. Yes, yes, It's the yes. Leo part of me. It is the, it is the Leo part of me. Mirror, I resisted and, yeah, <laughs> and tried to push it away for a long time. It is a part of my shadow mm. that I am constantly trying to love, work on, mm. revel with. Mm. 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 And in the seeds of you saying that, that desire to be liked, I also feel that vulnerability of you being willing to say that because I know that that's a shadow for a lot of us. Uh, we, we, we have that shadow from one Leo to another. <laughs> <laughs> very real okay. for us. Um, it's yes, just, it's, it's part very, of our sacred wound. Very, it is. It is a part of our sacred wound. Mm. It is a part of my 
relationship with my father um, and being unseen there. It is, yep, it is, but it is now a part of me that I own. I well, own it right. now. And what's so fascinating to me, just to tie it back to what you were sharing about, about the book launch and, you know, the whole thing with the publishing house, what a Leo fest that would have been, right? What a, what a being seen, wow. what a being about, you know what I mean? Like being liked and adored and getting, being on stage and all the things we oh, love yeah. as Leo, right? So yeah, I think love. about it as how connected into that sacred wound of not being seen by your dad and the work that you really are being called to do that's not nothing to do with accolades from outside, but it's to do with being seen inside a self, right? Seeing yourself. And I just want to name that because I I so understand that wound. And I think for many of us, you know, where that's where sacred leadership also comes in, right? Is, is that the very thing that we're, we're, we're seeking through our sacred businesses and our sacred leadership is oftentimes tied into that sacred wound. And so there's deep work there around how we Mm. work with it and how we actually heal it rather than recapitulate it. So Mm -hmm. just saying that. Okay, final question. (laughs) (laughs) I ask everyone this one. So RED is an acronym in some ways, and I've asked everybody, what does R-E-D stand for? In your first poetry that comes out of your head. So what does R-E-D stand for? Oh, responsibility, Mm. equality, divine spirit. Ooh, love it. I'm one of these days I'm going to create a poem from all the ones that I've been given as to what red is. That is a great piece. question. Isn't that it? just popped right out of my head. Oh, I didn't know no. you were going to ask me that. But there it is. It's there like, it is. I feel as though those things are cornerstones of sacred leadership, responsibility, yes. quality, divine spirit. I love it. I love it too. I love it too. I love it. It's how we work together. It's how we create magic. I want to just bow to you. I have loved having you on here today. And I have just so been deeply touched by your story today. And and I really, I mean, I had mad respect for you before, my respect for you as a fellow priestess in the field of holding this frequency is even more nourished by that story. And I I know it will be for, for all of you who are red women out there listening in inspiring you so thank you darling for your time energy and heart if you want to learn more about yeah if you want to learn more about julie's book it's up the link link to that will be on the page along with the link to all of her sites and her bio and please go look her up and buy that book because i'm sure there's more many more stories in there about what it means to be a sacred woman in modern times blessed be darling I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.